Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's From the Pavilion podcast. Thank you very much for downloading. Ollie Slack with you. Alongside me is Nathan Johns. Evening, Nathan. Evening, Ollie. Thoroughly enjoyed that show as always. Good, good. And first one in the studio as well, just to let people know we are safely distanced. Nathan is miles away and uh, there's no, no trouble at all. We've got the windows open, everything's ventilated, so uh, yeah. No, no issues whatsoever. I can barely see you, Ollie. I'm so far away. <laughs> no, but it's brilliant. Brilliant to be in the studio for the first time. Having done what, three shows, I think. On yeah, uh, with, four maybe. Maybe four. I can't remember. But doing that on my on my like, on my iPad at at home on my own in my room, it's a bit sad. So it's nice to come in and you know get involved and see what the studio is like. It's uh, yeah, it's a cool experience. What do you make of the studio? Oh. Can, I mean, you can say what you like because no one can see it. So oh, it's huge. Uh, <laughs> as as. Since it has enough space for us to to sit social distance, it's no, true. it's cool. It's it's quite it's it's quite exciting being in a, in a broadcast environment, and uh, yeah, with all the equipment and everything, it's all very impressive. So nice. It must have been weird being at home. I mean, I have done a few shows. Not, I don't think I've done any shows live at home actually, but obviously I've been on the phone and done stuff, but not really like a full one-hour show. I think mean, I pre-recorded a few in the summer, or quite a few in the summer during last lockdown. But yeah, it was a bit. Um, bit odd doing that but it must have been weird doing a live show at home yeah it's a bit strange because i can't always hear all of the contributors depending mm. on whether they're on the phone or on zoom or yeah various, wherever they are yeah various technology hitches mean that it's i guess wouldn't always go smoothly well yeah well i mean it you know makes you think in your feet doesn't it it's good a uh, good experience isn't it that's that's what people like to look for and when they're hiring people don't they that ability to think on their feet so i had a bit of that you know just staring at a screen uh not couldn't yeah couldn't that's the thing it's it's so strange because like the two of us Obviously, are talking a lot in the show, etc. But you know, I can't even see you. I'm just, you know, because mm. it's 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 exactly the, my experience is very similar to to those who, to the people who are listening at home in that they're just <laughs> listening to the except except I'm actually supposed to try and contribute to that to that conversation. So uh, yeah, no, it does make it easier to be actually able to to see you and, and when I'm chatting to you. Yeah, yeah. Little does everyone know the absolute chaos that unfolds in the studio, pressing different buttons, trying to get people on the phone or on Zoom to to try and bring you the show. That we do every week. Nathan, you're involved in a match today at Fenners in the lovely heat. We do actually chat about it at the start of the show, but given it was six o'clock when we started the show, you didn't know the score, but you do now. Yeah, big grudge match, uh, inter-squad game. The university were supposed to have some games this week, but they got cancelled because uh, various teams couldn't travel, so that was quite sad. But uh, So we just played each other, uh, split into two teams. It was interesting, actually, because quite a lot of guys, because it was a squad game, felt like... You know, if they had other stuff on, they didn't necessarily need to cancel, so they could come and field for a bit, go off, come back an hour later. I actually had to do that because I had a job interview in the middle of the day, so I had to bat, field for a bit, <laughs> then go home and then come back. Uh, so it was one of those days where people are coming and going, nobody really knows who's on what team. Um, and then, of course, you end up getting out to one of your mates, which is obviously a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my team did win, so that there will be some bragging rights in the pub tonight, I'm sure. Nathan won. That's the headline. Nathan That's won. That's all you need to know. Yeah, Nathan won. Don't need to know how many I got. Just need to know I won. Well, we'll find out how many he got in literally probably about two minutes. But um, it must be... How, how nice is that? Just like, oh, just, just play a game. Fenners. Lovely. Miller Cambridge. Just rock up, yeah. Really nice. And a day like today as well. At, uh, yeah. Proper, especially... I mean, during the day, earlier on, because we, you know, midday-ish, it was actually a nightmare because that's more or less when I was batting. And I tell you what, under the lid today, <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> it was a sweaty experience. Yeah, yeah, but towards the end of the towards the end of the day when, you know, it's not as hot, but it's still gorgeous out, and you've got real like, yeah, just the the aesthetics of that ground are beautiful, and yeah, we're quite lucky. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's lovely to watch cricket. I can only imagine what it's like playing on. I might try that though. If you want to just can I shuffle up the batting order on the weekend? I got a job interview to go to, or uh, <laughs> just uh, don't think it worked. To be honest. <laughs> no, I think uh, on a, in other circumstances, I might have had to have rescheduled the interview. Yeah, maybe so. Anyway, enough of us. Uh, enjoy this week's podcast. If you could subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and I think it's follow us on Spotify. I'm not sure how it works, but either or. If you can get notified when our podcasts are released, that would be handy. And then we don't even have to, to check every week. You can also go to cambridge105.co.uk and find us on there too and listen back to all the old From the Pavilion podcasts dating back to 2018, maybe? Which, um, yeah, I mean, the first podcast. Maybe we should do that as an episode. I mean, it probably wouldn't be great because it was in my infant years as well. Oh, I say infant years, I wasn't like four, but I mean like <laughs> my infant years of radio. And also it was on the sort of extension of Julian's Drive Time show, which uh, would be interesting to hear. Anyway, yes, yeah, so you can listen back to as many from the Pavilion podcast as you like. But here is this week's podcast. I hope you enjoy it. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the local cricket show. We ran up all of the action from around the county here in Cambridgeshire. Yes, we are Cambridge 105 Radio. This is From the Pavilion. My name is Ollie Slack. Alongside me is Nathan Johns and Gary Ellis from Horsey will be joining us later on too. It's Needingworth versus Saffron Walden in the third tie of round one in the FTP Queers Cup. And as ever, we'll round up the local action in the East Anglian Premier League and the Camden Hunts Premier League's as well as also bringing you the latest from the county circuit. We'll also be getting Gary's big question too later on, which we'll be posting on social media very shortly for you to vote on. Speaking of social media, if you want to get in touch, please do, at FTP Cricket 105 on both Twitter and Facebook. You can also text into the studio 07919 070490. That's 07919 070490. The number to text. You can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk. Thank you very much for tuning in as ever. And also, if you're listening on the podcast, you're available to listen back to whenever you like on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As I said at the top of the show, alongside me, is Nathan Johns. Evening, Nathan. Evening, Ollie. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How's your knee? <laughs> it's all right, actually. I played this weekend, um, but sort of heard it again. But yeah, it's just, it's all right, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. How'd you go? You again? Uh, I, we won, which is good. First first win I've been involved in this season, other than midweek, sort of, uh, sort of first Saturday win, which was nice. I bowled well, no wickets, though, no poles this week, unfortunately, but that's, uh, that's how it goes sometimes. Do you play? Yeah, actually, we've got a first game in the world today. Uh, we had a a university inter-squad game Lovely. down in Fenris. It was actually glorious, really nice. Very hot? Very hot, yeah. yeah. I only batted for about 20 minutes, but was sweating plenty. <laughs> You're probably a wise man batting just for 20 minutes because it was so hot. Was it T20 longer format? No, nah, 50 overs. How'd you go? Uh, about 20, not not horrific. And the team, did you win? Uh, well, actually, I had to leave about 10 overs early because oh. to come here, but we were so slow through the overs. We started at half 10 this morning and we still hadn't... Uh, hadn't got through our 100 really? overs of the day. It was ridiculous. Yeah, we were so slow. So you're getting the, uh, the live tweets in from the boys to see how you're getting on yeah i'll have to check the phone at some point and see see if we manage to win we will see we'll see well, we've got plenty coming up on today's show as i said later we'll be joined by gary ellis of horsey we'll also be commencing the third tie in round one of the ftp quiz cup between 
Needingworth and Saffron Walden. But first things first today, uh, Camborne Cricket Club have established a, a new partnership with local mental health charity Mind Ed Trust, a charity set up in 2015 following the tragic suicide of an 18-year-old boy, Edward Mallon, a keen local cricketer who had also been offered a place at Cambridge. They will be hosting a schools tournament aiming to raise awareness of mental health in adolescence in his memory. And I spoke to the club secretary at Camborne, Philip Broadwith, but first, Darren D'Souza, who's organising the event. The Mind Ed Trust is a local mental health charity based in Meldreth, uh, which was set up in 2015 after the uh, tragic suicide of an 18-year-old at Hills Road, Edward Mallon. So his father set up the trust shortly after his death um, and focuses on the prevention of mental, mental illness in young people and early intervention strategies for those affected and experiencing trauma. So this is achieved via award grant, awarding grants to relevant programmes, initiatives and organisations within education, community and healthcare sectors. Camborne Crick Club, we're a fairly new club set up in 2003. Um, this is our first ever charity partnership and we're really proud to have the Minded Trust on board as a partner who will feature on the sleeves all our match day kits. So that's our academy age group, so from under 11s onwards, up to our senior age, open age cricket teams for the next um, three years thanks to our principal kit sponsors, BMW, Barrett's Cambridge. We are also planning to launch the partnership with the Mind Ed Trust on the field on the 2nd of July of this year through a local schools tournament. So we will invite, we'll be inviting local village colleges to participate in a quick cricket tournament to really strengthen the community links that we have in Cambridgeshire, as well as bringing you know, the expertise that the Mind Ed Trust has in Cambridgeshire and um, Hertfordshire to raise awareness for mental illness and um, suicide prevention in specifically young people and adolescents. And does this partnership exist because Ed's story is particularly close to the, the club's heart? Yes, so Ed, Edward was a keen cricketer himself and his father Steve is a massive cricket fan. I knew Edward actually, we went to Hillsborough together, we were in the same philosophy class, so I was good friends with him, so we were in the same class for a year. Since his death, his father and I and a group of us from Hills Road, we remain in contact. We meet up every time we're back in Cambridge, so that's Christmas, Easter, summer. Steve is, you know, he's a huge fan of cricket. He once couldn't go to Lords, so he actually gave me a ticket for a test match at Lords, England versus Sri Lanka. And he, he listens to TMS, you know, every day that he can. Edward used to play for Royston, another local club, and Steve said that he has very fond memories of spending many a, a warm summer night on a village green with Ed. So I thought this was a, just a natural way to bring together... Steve's love of cricket and of, and of his son and, you know, anything that we could do to support this, um, you know, this amazing project, um, it was just, it felt natural. Yeah, the school tournament sounds great. On the Friday, 2nd of July, you'll have eight teams of, of under-13s. How's the, yes. how's the sort of planning, the preparation going for it so far? Have you got, I understand you've got six teams already. Yes, we do. So we're really grateful to have Bassingbourne, Camborne, Combaton, Imbington um, and Swayze, uh, sorry, and Melbourne as well, of course, which is Ed's former school, um, all confirmed so far. So that's six teams confirmed. And so on the day, we're running a quick cricket tournament. So it'll be a sort of round-robin format in the morning, then on to semi-finals and finals, sort of finals day after lunch with a presentation by um, Steve Mallon, the chair of the Minder Trust, with the trophy at the end. So we will have um, sports leaders from a few of the local colleges coming to help us on the day to score and umpire the games. And we'll also have a couple of club volunteers there on the day to really make sure that um, the, the partnership is, is boosted as much as it can be. Yeah, and it's under-13s because Mind Ed Trust provides funding and support for that age group across primary and secondary education. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So Steve Mullen has um, worked... I mean, the Mind Ed Trust has worked closely with, uh, I think it's around 40 um, local primary and secondary schools in the, in, the, in the region. And Steve often goes in to talk 
to these schools, you know, give talks to adolescents and, you know, staff on ways that, that you know, children can support each other and sort of be open about their mental health, because it's not really something that's talked about at their age group specifically. So it's the, I think the key is the early intervention. So the earlier that it's talked about, you know, the more open people will become and hopefully um, to see a drop, if not complete, elimination of youth suicide. Yeah, when I sort of first looked at the details, I thought, blimey, under 13 seems to sort of be a bit heavy to sort of bring that sort of topic on to that early. But you think that they're already at secondary school at that point. So that's, a, I guess, really a key age where they're going to start growing up hormonally and, and getting older. And it's going to be a real benefit to them actually understanding uh, mental health more at that sort of age. Philip, from your point of view as a club, I guess this, this tournament's twofold really in, in its benefits, both in providing exercise to so many youngsters out there, which again in turn improves mental health, but also raising that awareness and getting the conversation going even more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a club, we are completely dedicated to kind of being part of our community and, you know, coming out as we hopefully are coming out of uh, the pandemic, even though we've seen the restrictions extended for a bit longer. We're kind of looking at this and saying sport and mental health are a really good kind of balance. You know, sport's a great way to, to kind of combat certain mental health problems. But talking about these things is really key and in getting into it really early. I mean, from our point of view as a, as a club, it never hurts to have more young people exposed to what we're doing so that we can help to grow our uh, membership of our of our academy teams but really this is about making sure that our members know about the help that's there if they are suffering any kind of mental health problems and what they can do to help themselves their families other young people around them who who might be going through those kind of issues it's been really interesting in the club just from starting having these initial conversations that Darren set up with the with the charity that you know, you start to talk to people and, and these things just come out. People have, people who have had kind of experiences, either their own families or whatever, uh, have been exposed to these kind of issues that you just wouldn't necessarily talk about normally. And I think that's, a re- that's, that's one of the really important things of this, of this, uh, this kind of partnership is, is just to get people to normalise that, the ability to talk about these things that are often held in. Yeah, you mentioned your your members there. How important was cricket last year to them? Obviously, it goes without saying, a very difficult period for so many. A lot of people were struggling with their their mental health. I think it was July in the end we had that release where we were able to come out and and play cricket. Philip, how important was it to your members last year? Yeah, I mean, we we were, as a committee, we were sort of fully expecting to see a big drop-off in people kind of not really wanting to come back. And we were really pleased when we put in all of the work to get things going again. And then we had a fantastic response from the membership. I mean, it was clear that people wanted to get out to, to play cricket and the value that they put on playing cricket as, as part of their kind of way of dealing with what we're going through as a, as a planet, if you like. But one thing that we did do is start having intra-club games most weeks on a, on a midweek, which was a great way of, mixing up the teams that might not normally play together on a Saturday and getting people, you know, the ability to play more cricket and and really come together as a club. And that's something that we've therefore continued this year because it made such a big difference to the club atmosphere. Um, I mean, we're, very, we're really lucky as a club that we have actually grown over the course of the pandemic. We've seen lots of people coming back to cricket 
um, who perhaps haven't played for a few years. We've seen people coming in who've moved into the area. We've, we're now putting out four or five sides on a Saturday, which is a great problem to have. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's fantastic to to see the impact that sport is having on people's uh, well-being. Darren, for you, how much did you enjoy the release of cricket last year? Oh, it was incredible. I think a lot of us were, were waiting and waiting just to be able to even net again, frankly. But uh, I know a lot of people, a lot of our players said to me that uh, without cricket and the sort of team spirit it brought last summer, they would have faced an even more difficult period of isolation away from exercise and friends. I think at that point it was still quite uncertain. You know, lockdown was very stringent. Um, people were, were staying inside a lot more without any really sort of form of apart from going on the odd walk. I think that you can't really replicate, you know, the, the spirit and, you know, um, the feel of cricket without playing it. So once we got the green light, it was, it was absolutely amazing. And like Philip said, the interclubs were a really, really good way to sort of even build that team spirit even more and sort of come together as a club in a way that we pro- we have actually haven't done in previous years, you know, when we've been able to run as normal. I think this pandemic sport was all closer together. And um, yeah, we can see that this year, the team spirit has continued and we, people are now asking even more for those sort of interclub games to really um, sort of play against people that, you know, they normally wouldn't play with or against at the club. You know, like Philip said, that is a, we feel proud to partner with a with a charity that means that our players know that they can have a space to talk about their mental health and well-being. So, for example, um, there have been players who just sort of out of nowhere just you know said they're struggling a bit, or that they've had issues, or, or you know family members and suicide. But even just after a game or something, they've been saying, "Oh, they've had a really tough week," something like that, which we probably wouldn't have seen before. But now that we've got the charity partner especially on on match day kits now because you know it's a physical reminder every match day that we carry with us that you know it's a safe space to talk and to go through our feelings together because i think as sports people generally it's something that's not as done you probably in cricket you know there's a lot probably in, in rugby and football there's more of an effort to, to make an effort to talk about these sort of things but in cricket i think is we're really really happy to be at this not, not the forefront but sort of pushing this dialogue forward philip would you would you agree that cricket has to do more to become a an environment, if you like, where you can discuss mental health more and it's, it is less taboo because the game itself is so mentally challenging. It can certainly test your mental your mental strength and at times potentially damage your, your mental health. Therefore, is the game ready to embrace people when they are struggling? I've, I think Darren makes a good point in that it appears, and perception you could argue is reality, that local football clubs, grassroots-wise, are, are doing a lot more now around mental health has cricket got a, a little way to go i don't know i mean i can't i mean you, we are starting obviously to see some movement at the professional level you see all of the um the the moves towards inclusion and diversity and and talking about these kind of things at the test matches and that kind of thing i think as a sport i think you're right the the mental aspect of the sport the, the pressure that we can put on ourselves to perform is huge you know, and because cricket is kind of, it's kind of a, a sport of individuals within teams, it's very easy for for someone to start to feel that pressure a bit more than perhaps they're letting on or whatever. So, yeah, I think the more that we can talk about these things, absolutely the better. And the way that we can build those kind of team cultures that recognise those things, that recognise those pressures, recognise the strain that that can put on people, the, the better a place that we can be in. I mean, it's very difficult for me to talk about other clubs I don't know, but as soon as Darren came along with this kind of idea, it was like, yes, that absolutely fits with where we need to be going. It's a crucial aspect of the longevity of any player and any club that we have that kind of mental strength and understanding of each other's 
situations. We've seen, I think, at international level examples, I think that comes to mind, probably Trescothic and, uh, and Jonathan Trump. Trot was about what, six, seven years ago. Um, I think the, the shift in understanding and acceptance of those sorts of issues has come on tenfold since then. And I think it is the, the right time to, to look at all aspects of the game, um, not you know, in terms of diversity, inclusion, equality. That's often something that mental health sometimes gets left behind, in, especially in the healthcare system, sort of parity of esteem. The focus on mental health in conjunction with physical health, I think they're two inseparable uh, things. So I think it's really a good thing to have in mind when we take initiatives forward and, and, and everything we do at the club, but certainly we're considering the mental aspect as well as the physical aspect in the initiatives and the, and the projects that we would like to run in the future. Yeah, can completely agree. And Mo and Ali, another more sort of modern example of, of that case, took a break from the game, didn't he? I think a, a year or two ago. If there are any spaces left, I think there's, there's two spaces left at the school's tournament. Darren, just lastly, provide us the details. How can people get in touch? So if they would uh, like to message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CC, or email us, we'd be happy to, to get more participants from, from local village colleges. I think eight would probably be our maximum just due to the logistics of the day. But we would love to get more village colleges involved and really strengthen the community links because we're trying to shed light on, on the trust's regional efforts as well as national aspirations. So for example, the chair of the Monday Trust, Steve Mallon, has gone on to co-found the National Zero Suicide Alliance. But yeah, for now, we would, we would love to have local schools come to Camel Creek Club for a lovely day of cricket on the 2nd of July. Yeah, looking forward to it. Darren Phillip, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Ali. Thanks very much, Ali, for your time. So it's worth remembering that the Samaritans are always here to help if anyone needs it, day or night, 365 days a year. You can call them for free on 116123 or email them at joe, J-O, at samaritans.org or visit www.samaritans.org. On Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, welcome back to From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio. It's now time for the third tie of the FTP Quiz Cup Round 1. Last week, Super Sub Longstanton's James Minot defeated St Ives and Warboys' Matt Milner. This week, it's the turn of Needingworth and Safin Walden. I'm delighted to say joining us, hopefully, technology bearing from Needingworth is Scott Walton and Safin Walden, Henry Rhoda. Evening, gents. Evening, Ollie. Right, Henry. How are we doing, guys? You all right? Yeah, very yeah, good, thank help. you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. Uh, Scott, let's start with you. How's the uh, the season gone so far? All right? Yeah, gone all right. We started off with a nice sort of couple of wins against Royston um, and then one at home to Longstanton. But last week, um, lost to Chatteris and the week before, lost to um, NTI, which we saw the, uh, my first six sixes. In and over against one of our bowlers, oh, yeah, one, of one Dan Sherlock that you know you know very well. So uh, yeah, so he went for six sixes in an over. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was the NCR play, wasn't it? What was that like to experience? Um, to be fair, I did, when I walked off the field, I hadn't even realised it was six sixes. I thought it was five, but then yeah, I'd realised he bowled wide in the over as well. So it was thirty-seven, thirty-seven runs in oh, the over. So, um, crazy. Yeah, it was good. It, it's not great, obviously, for the team, but um, <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's a nice thing to see on the cricket field. So. Yeah, a nice record, but probably not one you want to be involved in. Henry, what about you? How's the season gone so far for yourself? 
Yeah, really good. Um, the first team are sort of sat mid-table in the um, East Anglian Prem, and the second team are currently top of Whiting's two. Um, so yeah, it's been a pretty decent start, and uh, hopefully we'll carry on the form throughout the rest of the season. Good, good. Well, wish you all the best for the rest of the season. I wish you all the best in the, in the upcoming quiz, which you're going to get cracking with now. I'll just explain the rules for you both. So the format is as follows. You'll be competing against each other, and I will give you six possible answers and a question. The player going first takes a guess, and if they're right, they get one point. If they don't, play then passes across to your opponent. If they get it wrong, play returns to your opponent until there is one answer left. And uh, there's a total of five questions, so it's best of five. And to decide who is going first, you will answer a separate question where the closest to the answer wins. Does that make sense, lads? Yeah, mate. Good, good. I'm glad it does. I think it's probably the first time it's gone so smoothly. We'll start with the, the toss then. The first question, as I said, closest wins to gain control of the quiz. Joe Clark scored 136 for Notts against North Hans on Sunday in their T20 Blast. Can you guess his strike rate? Scott, we'll, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, I'll go with 215. 215. Henry, what are you going to go for? Uh, I'm going to go 150. 150. I can tell you, Scott is the closest. It was 209. So he scored 136 with a strike rate of 209. So, Scott, you take control. Are you ready for your first question? Yes, mate. Here it goes, then. Which of these players did not take a wicket in the two matches between England and New Zealand? Was it Colin de Gronholm, Joe Root, Dan Lawrence, Ollie Stone, Ajaz Patel or Neil Wagner? Who are you going for? Uh, is it Colin de Gronholm? You're going with Colin de Gronholm to get underway of a point. Good start, Scott. Good start. That is. Uh, so the next question heads over to Henry. Henry, question two here. Who scored a century in the recent first test match between the West Indies and South Africa? Quinton de Kock, Dean Elgar, Jason Holder, Roston Chase, Shea Hope or Rassi van der Dusen? Quinton de Kock. You're going with Quinton de Kock? Correct, one apiece. Back to you, Scott. Question three is, which of these England cricketers has the most test wickets? Is it Isha Gua, Anya Shrubsole, Catherine Brunt, Jenny Gunn, Laura Marsh or Charlotte Edwards? What are you going with, Scott? Uh, Catherine Brunt. You're going with Catherine Brunt? Oh, I, don't right. think, I don't think we've had three in a row right before, I have don't we? think so, no. This anyway, is, the standard is just unheard of. Anyway, question four. I think this goes back to take back to you, Henry. Which of these bowlers is the best match figures in the T20 Blast so far this season? Is it Matt Parkinson, Sam Curran, Sam Cook, Mason Crane, Chris Green, or George Garton? Uh, I would go George Garton. You going with George Garton, Henry? First wrong one of the oh, day. First wrong one. So Henry went with George Garton. It throws over to you, Scott. What do you reckon? Who were the other four, sorry? Apologies. Matt Parkinson, Sam Curran, Sam Cook, Mason Crane or Chris Green? Uh, Chris Green. You're going with Chris Green? He's got it. Can you guess the figures? Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, think, I don't know if he's got a six, a six, but I'm not entirely sure. I just I remember I watched the um, one of the games on the telly the other night and I heard him talking about it. Come on, so take I, a pump. I remember. Six for four? No, but know. it doesn't matter because... You win anyway, Scott. Very well done. Three points to one. 
unlucky Henry. It was a flawless performance up until your first wrong answer of George Garn. How do you feel? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, know. I don't really know what to feel at this point. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be too fussed anyway. Don't worry. Thanks for taking part of the Henry. You've been a great sport. Thank really you. appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Scott, you're through. Well done, mate. How do you feel? Yeah, delighted. It's uh, the best performance I've done something cricket knowledge on a cricket field this year. So, uh, yeah, delighted. Brilliant. Should we, I always think here, whenever we do these and we don't get to the last questions, we never actually say what the questions are. No, 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 because this saves me doing work for next week. Oh, all right. Yeah, I was going to say, let's yeah. throw it out. No, no, don't ask no? the last okay. question. Right, because next week I just have to do four now, so that's fine. And believe it or not, <laughs> that, that last question has been sat there for the past four weeks. Yeah, so. okay, I see. That's so, a nice one then. Maybe yeah. question one next week? Maybe, yeah, maybe. We might do. Scott, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Well done. No you're through to the well next done, round. We don't know who you're playing yet, but we'll do the draw later on in the season, but you're through to the quarterfinals. Well done, mate. Cool. Have a nice evening, boys. Take care. Scott Walton of Needingworth Cricket Club there. He's through to the quarterfinals of the FTP Quiz Cup. The standard was good, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I tell you what, the first three right, I haven't seen that before. I know. Well, also, I mean, <laughs> hell of a lot more smoothly than last week. Where yeah. Poor old James had to hop on. At least we uh, we had everyone there. And, God, yeah, high standard. It was, yeah. I was thinking at one point, Mark, to fill time, they were getting for it so quick. But, yeah. Scott's through, wins three points to one. Unlucky Henry, thanks to both guys for taking part, Needingworth and Saffron Walden. As I said, Scott is through to the quarterfinals. on Cambridge 105 Radio. So all four of our local sides were in white and red ball action in the EAPL this weekend, including a local derby as Cambridge hosted the unbeaten Solston and Babram. Having won the toss, Cambridge found themselves 62 for 6 before Rob Newby dragged his side up to 186 with an unbeaten 99. Heartbreaking that because it looks like he ran out of partners on 99. Mm. The informed Mark Smith picked up another four for, for Solston and Babram, but it was all in vain as Newby made sure it was his day indeed. He took four wickets from his 14 hours of spin, helping his side defend their low total and win by four. 48 runs and uh, I actually saw Rob today because he plays in the uni team and uh, he got some chat for a double jug avoidance 1999 and 4 that was a a cheaper night at the pub though but yeah that's massive jug avoidance isn't it Exactly. In terms of the other Cambridge side, Saffron Walden secured a four-wicket win against Horsford. Alex Hancock's bell of six for 37, helping to bowl out the Norfolk side for 150 before Walden chased it down inside 47 overs. Yeah, Burnletsing also had some success on the road, defeating Mildenhall. Half centuries from Ollie Jeffries, Tim Cutley and Ed Fletcher and a six-wicket win, having earlier bowled out the host for 200 and 11, Cameron Steele and Jay Galani bowling in tandem together, getting through 36 overs with combined figures of 9 for 102. As I said, they managed to bowl them out for 211. And I spoke to the man who picked up three of those, Jay, after the game. I think it was a, a really big win for us at the weekend, especially off the bounce of a pretty heavy defeat at Berry. I think it showed a lot of character for the lads to come out and take on you know, a good side away from home. We've been talking a lot this year about bowling in units or bowling as a unit and in partnerships. I think, you know, the pitch was giving me and Cam a little bit of assistance at the weekend. So we tried to work together. I was just trying to keep it tight at one end and Cam was spinning a web at the other. So I think it worked nicely in the end. 
as a bowler, it's, it's always nice to get the opportunity to bowl 18 overs. I think it gives you more of a chance, especially as a spinner, to build up your rhythm and, and set plans and stuff. But uh, I'm not sure all the lads would agree with me on that one. <laughs> and we spoke last year, Jay, when the club wasn't doing so well in the APL Playoff Cup, the COVID tournament that replaced the league last season. And you said over the winter, it looks like maybe you might have to evaluate how you go about doing things and the club as a whole really have to sort of look at themselves in the mirror and see how they move forward. It would appear the winter was a, a good one, a useful one for the club, given your improved form this year. Yeah, absolutely. We got a few lads into the club, um, some youngsters like Ollie Jeffries, who's been you know pretty fantastic this season, scored some vital runs at the weekend, and he's, he's really growing. Um, I think what's really important is that we have competition for places. Like last week, um, Ed Fletcher for the twos hit 90 and, and took some runs, and then he comes back into the ones and and has a match-winning inning. So if you've got players knocking down the door, then um, I think it uh, puts pressure on people in the first to to really perform. Are we also seeing the benefit of last year's COVID competition in that I think you gave a number of opportunities to younger players at, at Burwell. Are they better off this year having had that experience last season? Yeah, absolutely. I think in this in this league and, and in this format, it's about a bit, bit of experience. I think you see the best players in the league are guys who have played here for quite a while or so. Certainly having a season to get accustomed to to what this league is like is, is helping the lads out. And a nice little local derby this week against Cambridge. Yeah, always a big game. Um, they're in a, a good bit of form as well, especially knocking off Sawston. Their confidence will be high and um, yeah, I think it'll be a good game of cricket. It's a long season and, and the table looks pretty tight at the moment. I think you've got quite a few upsets happening each week, so um, nothing's assured. I think we have to take one game at a time, but... I think the lads are, you know, especially after this week, pretty confident that we can boost ourselves into mid-table and, yeah, hopefully we can end up there at the end of the season. Yeah, so that win for Berlin-Lexing is their third in the seven games they've managed to complete this season, lifting them up to eighth in the table. But the story of the day was really Sultan and Abraham beaten for the first time. They hold on to top spot, though. Their lead has been trimmed to 17 points. Saf and Walden stay as they were in sixth, 10 points above Cambridge, who move up to seventh after their big win. Next week, the local derbies continue as Burnlexing host Cambridge, as Jay just said there, big game. Saffron Walden are also at home to second place Swordston. Swordston and Bobram will be hoping Walden can do them a favour there. They take on Great Witchingham, be hoping to return to winning ways. And just a quick note as well, Cambridge are in action on Sunday in the EAPL National Finals Day for the T20 alongside Bury St Edmunds and Swarston in a round-robin contest. Each team won one game, leaving all three sides level on points. Swarston with a side to progress, though, are to the national rounds due to a greater net run rate. Moving on now to the Camden Hunts. Div 1, Eaton Soken won their fifth game on the bounce with a six-wicket win over March Town. Opener Matt Rowling anchored their chase of 176 with a well-made 76 from 116 balls as they chased that down with just under five overs to spare. Elsewhere, Histon continued to apply the pressure in second place, coasting to a 135-run win over Wisbech Town. Kieran McKenzie's four for eight helped bowl out the opposition for just 53 in a chase of 188. Foxton saw off Cambridge twos by 26 runs as they defended 227. Ratchet Rao taking 3 for 31 after Alex Hooley had top scored with 74. St Ives Town and Warboys chased Stanford Town's 117 with 5 wickets to spare. Ollie Stevens 50 off 90 balls seeing them home there. But it was Cambridge St Giles who scored the biggest total of the weekend, smashing 337 at home versus Ramsey. Three of the top six scored 50s before they bowled out their opponents for 190. They're now up to 8th after just their second win of the campaign, but skipper Chris German believes it's about time. 
I think he's been coming. I think our, our batting has promised a lot, actually. And this week it came off, came off pretty well, top six. I think they had three, three or four fifties, I think. So the boys did really, really well. I think probably one of them would be disappointed they didn't go on to get 100. We're going to be super critical of a, a side getting three, 340. But we can't mind too much because it was a really good all-round performance. And there's two ways you go about defending 3-3-7. You either let the game peter out and run its cause in 50 overs or you, you bowl them out inside 34 and that's exactly what you did. You must be really pleased with how ruthless you were. Uh, yeah, we started really well. Me and Christian bowl well at the start. Manny comes on, bowls really well. Ball's turning by that point, good toss to win. We had a bit of a slack period of maybe 10 overs where we put down a few. But again, it's very difficult to be ultra-critical of the guys who have won by 150 runs. So again, we were really pleased to get over the line. Yeah, looking at the scorecard, it suggests you're a side who are in really, really good nick. But it's therefore slightly surprising then when you look at the league table and find out it's just your second win of the season. Yeah, it's, it was a, it's a frustrating season for us at the moment. Hopefully it's start a turnaround for us actually getting over the line and getting a win because we've, we've played some really good cricket but not been able to get over the winning line. I mean, Eaton soaking at the top and we lost by two runs. Duckworth-Lewis was sort of wet on off day to them in a very, very close game where some things went against us but we can only blame ourselves to get into that point where we're behind it as it started to rain again for the final time. So, um, but we know we know where we are and we just got to prove it to everyone else. Out of the bottom two as well now, does that ease a bit of the pressure? Is that some nice sort of relief, albeit a long way to go in the season still? Yes, mate, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't think we should be pleased as much to be third from bottom, but it's nice to be out the, of the relegation zone. But we've certainly got aspirations to be in that top half. Um, I think we've proved we can really compete against some really good sides in the league so far. Yeah, a bit of broken record, but we've played some really good cricket and not quite got over the line. So it's nice to get over the line at the weekend and hope it continues this week again. Yeah, best of luck to Chris and Cambridge St. Giles. Looking at the league table then, Eaton Sokin remain top on 198 points from their eight matches. Histon second with 191 to just trail them by seven points. March Town are third, eight games played with 156 points. Foxton fourth with 149. So that is the top four playoff spots at the minute. Then you've got Stamford, Ramsey, Wisbeach and Cambridge St Giles before the bottom two of Cambridge and St Ives Town and Warboys. Div 2, Old Lazy and saw off Newmarket by 48 runs, winning their second on the bounce to move up to fifth. The score of the week came from Joshua Down turning up with an unbeaten 109 to help Saffron Walden 2s post 190 for 4. Kim Bolton came close, thanks mainly to Stephen Gabriel's 69, only to 4, 4 runs short in a thriller. Saffron Walden up to second now, Blundham remain on top spot. Now in Div 3, Biggleswade had a day to remember against Pearl and exiting twos, posting 366 for four, thanks to not Jesus. one but two centuries. I don't think I've ever, it's been a while since I've seen two centuries in the same innings. That's crazy. Cameron Mackay hit an impressive 144 off 125, but I think it's safe to say he was outdone by Adam Douglas's unbeaten 161 off 101 balls hitting only the 21 fours I'm pretty sure there were quite a few sixes thrown in there as well Ross Fensom took three wickets off only 4.2 overs in the chase as Burrell and Exting were skittled for 101 the 265 run win leaves Biggleswade in 6th Sawston Bayram 2s and Southhill Park occupy the promotion spots in Division 3 yeah, just finishing up on the Camden Hunts Premier Leagues then, and we spoke to Ravi Mahendra a few weeks ago, or a couple of weeks ago, might have been last week, about their National Village Cup campaign. They're back in action this Sunday in the last 32 against Preston in Hertfordshire, and they're just four wins away from returning to Lords. So best of luck to them. After the break, we'll be joined by Gary Ellis from Horsey. 
From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. You're welcome back to your dedicated local cricket show here on Cambridge 105 Radio. We're going to jump a couple of divisions lower than the Campton Hunt's Premier Leagues and chat to Gary Ellis now of Horseheath as they occupy the second promotion spot in the Campton Hunt's Senior 2 division. Gary, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Ollie, you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, not too bad, thank you. Hi, Gary. Ollie said there you're in the promotion spots. Looks like the season's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, we've had a, uh, probably the best season we've had to start with for probably 10, 10 years with Wednesdays and, and Saturdays, winning nine of our 11 League and Cup games. So, yeah, only losing out to Histon, who uh, are a fairly good side. So and we've got a couple of testers coming up with Bluntisham and, and Forborn coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about the games to come in just a bit. But I looked at the league table, Gary, and you've played the the least amount of games in the division for anyone and, and you've had none called off as well so clearly the old drainage system at Horsef is, uh, is working pretty pretty well uh, I think we got quite lucky because uh, obviously Sawston getting promoted to, to Tucker uh, Whiting's three uh, that means we, everybody's two games short and I see. it was probably the wettest two, week, wettest two weeks of the year so we, we got lucky in that respect that most of the games were called off but we didn't have a game anyway so Hence, we've only played five where everybody's played six or seven. So it's given us a bit of an advantage there. I think we, we, we've uh, sort of got a big big boost from that. And who do you see your main challenges being at the top end of the table this year? Oh, any anyone in the top four, if you look at it, it's Histon, Fulborn, Blanchard. You no, know, Blanchard only lost by a few wickets on Saturday to Histon. You know, they're only, they're only one, one point behind Fulborn and 10 points behind us. And when you get 20 points for a win... It doesn't take long. Uh, if you lose a couple of games and win a couple of games, it all all changes. So, yeah, anyone in really in the top four, uh, and they're teams that we've played on and off over the last ten years. So we all know each other as well. So which makes it a bit more difficult as well because they know how we bat, they know how we bowl, and <laughs> vice versa. So yeah, it's it's all tense stuff. So it's all good stuff, good fun. I was going to say that Gary because looking at the the league table and obviously knowing the teams who Bluntisham play, obviously playing for them. And uh, and listening to the guys who come back from the first team every week, it, it, they seem to be playing. So the likes of Milton, Wilburton, yourselves, obviously last year in, in the COVID Cup as well, they seem to be playing them quite regularly over the last few years. Has there been like a a collective number of teams of of you that have, have progressed through the leagues together almost? Uh, we've all we've all played senior one, senior two, senior three, all around that area over the last twenty years. Really, you know, we played four ball. We used to play football and regular on a on a, a Wednesday night as well, so we'd play them sometimes five times a season. So you know it, it's it is what it is. You know it's local teams, local cricket. We're all quite close knit together, and we seem to pay each other because we're all about the same standard. So yeah, it's either they get promoted one year, we go up the next. They come down one year, and vice versa. And you know it's just the way it goes, and uh, and that way it is. Yeah, we they know all us, and they we know all of them virtually. <laughs> I mentioned the uh, the COVID Cup that you played. Last year, I think the senior league was split into to two groups, wasn't it? Into north and south. Yes. How useful was that? Not only in terms of actually just playing some cricket in a pretty tough year, but also, like you said, maybe getting used to a few opponents as well. Yeah, we uh, we play a few. T- we play Barrington, who you know I've I've got roots from Barrington as I was a kid. I used to play against their cult side and them teams, and there's still people there playing now that I'm I met again. We hadn't seen for a few years because obviously they've dropped away. But yeah, the COVID Cup last year was is good fun because you you do play. We did play teams we didn't weren't used to playing. So 
you know, we played Bluntsham away. We haven't been in our league for a couple of years now. We've got them back this year, so that's helped to see. And Darren Fordham's still about. He's uh, one of our bogey players. He seems to <laughs> get runs against us every every year he plays against us. So, he seems to get runs against everyone. Uh, yeah. Everyone, Gary. Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> I know, but he's, he seems to get 100 every time he plays against us. So, well, there are thereabouts. So, no, but it's, again, real good fun. We always go back to the pub. We always have a drink with them. We know most of them fairly well. So, yeah, it's all good. It's all good, yeah. So we have Bluntsham on Saturday. We're away to Bluntsham because a few of the older ones have, have, have stopped playing now. But uh, certainly th- we played them probably five or six years on the trot when we were both in senior three about two or three years ago, going back to sort of six, seven years after that. But yeah, we played them quite regularly. And we, we it, again, it's one of them teams where we always seem to win at theirs and they always seem to win at ours. And don't ask me why, because it should be the other way around, but it never is. Uh, we like playing on their wicket, and they sent them like playing on ours. So it's again, it's like Histon. We, we we normally share one away and one at home against them, and and the same with Fulbourne. You know, we're all about the same level. It's whoever plays better on the day, really. I can assure you, Gary, that uh, that the wicket at Blunty is is playing pretty well at the minute. It's walking the dog round it over the opening few weeks of the season. It was quite difficult to actually see yep. it. But um, first, over the last, <laughs> last couple of weeks, it has, firm, it has sort of got that sort of beige, nice tint to it, and uh, it, it played pretty well on Saturday yeah. in a, in our twos match. So hopefully, hopefully you go well, but hopefully not too well, as I try and remain impartial. But also my allegiances towards Blanchard yeah. as well. Hopes for the season, though, Gary. Where, where do you want to be sort of be placed in the league tables? You said second at the minute. Oh, if we finish first or second, that'd be great. Get back up in senior one. We haven't been there for a, for a lot, probably ten years now. Uh, and to get back up there and playing against again teams that have passed us and played against us and gone up the likes of Ely and Royston, you know, to go back and play against some of them them guys that we haven't played for a few years would be good fun as well. So, you know, how long I'm going to carry on? I'm in my fifties now, so it's getting getting the stage where I hobble on and hobble off. Just a uh, number, yeah. No, it's just a yeah, just a number. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it's all good stuff. It's you know we've got a mi- mixture of youth and. And, and experienced in this club. We've got quite a few 40-pluses and we've got a couple of three teenagers and a few in the 20s. So, yeah, it's a good, a good mix and we have a good laugh. So, yeah, we uh, we take the mickey out of each other and, and things like that and take it seriously on the pitch to win. But we also have a light-hearted side as well. So, it's all good. I was uh, I was lucky enough to get a promotion and I use the word promotion very lightly uh, and play in the playoff final between Blunty and Horsey's at the ground last year and it's uh, I, I love yeah. love the ground Gary it's a, a cracking ground and someone sort of built this house just on the edge of the boundary as well with a perfect balcony which looks over over the ground which I was very very jealous for uh, but quick story I managed to uh, I think Horsey were struggling maybe with numbers that day but also one of their lads got injured so they were down to 10 men so I being the spring chicken I am compared to most no offence was, uh, was doing the double fielding and uh, for my re- for my reward, I was given two tin two cans of Fosters, which was very kind, which I enjoyed once I got home. I must say, what was that about it being just a number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. Well, actually, I don't think I was the youngest either, but um, the most agile is probably the the best way of saying it. Anyway, Gary, enough about me. Yeah. What's it like having one club though? How how challenging is that? Because it you know even us at Blunty, we have the resources if. You know, one week, 10, 11 were away. You'd still have a decent chance of, of, of filling one side. How challenging is it just having the the, the one team in the club? Um, I'm, I'm probably probably the, one of the luckiest captains out there. <laughs> but the simple reason is most of my team will only ever miss one game a season. 
Uh, most of them all played 16, 17, 18 games. We've got three sets of brothers in the team. Uh, and if they go away together, it's a bit harder. But most of the time, I've got 15 players in the club that I can choose from. Uh, so, again, it's only ever one here or there. But it's basic, a basic 12. And then a couple of three others just chip in when I, when I know I'm going to be short. So, you know, it, the team picks itself. It's the same team as last week. It's the same band order as last week. Uh, same bowling orders last week and you know like I say I'm lucky we don't have many players that miss games we're all completely cricket mad and it's been like that for probably 10 years you yeah. know it's just it's incredible that you can go out and you know my biggest problem I sometimes have to leave someone out <laughs> yeah. uh, when you've only got you only got 14 players or 13 players and you're having to leave somebody out every week uh, I'm quite lucky that one guy says he won't play if, we, if we've got enough which is a great help uh, uh, more than more than most, most people think, but yeah, it's it's a point where we are we are very blessed at Horsey that every player wants to play every game uh, throughout the summer, and, and it's it's great for me. Uh, does give me a headache every now and then, but it's the same on a Wednesday night. You know, we've got twelve players played this year so far. We've played six games, and it's the same. It's the same eleven. One person to can't play because he works shift. Somebody comes in and he's played every game. So it's it, again, it's it's great uh, as a captain point of view uh, to have so many dedicated players. That sounds great, and and mentioned having the brothers in the side as well. Just that fa- family element and that that real sort of hub, yeah. that that community feel of just having that one team must mean that the you know spending every Saturday out there on the field with with the same guys. Must be must be great, and uh, I imagine that the socials are pretty good fun as well. We're going to move on, Gary, and talk about your uh, your big question, which you submitted to me earlier on today. And uh, well, you submitted a couple. <laughs> Do you want to reveal what both of them are? Uh, if you, if you want, yeah, go on. Uh, we, go on. I'll, I'll start with the serious one. Uh, okay. We have a we don't have a big problem, but it, it is a big talking one, and it's always leg side wides. And when you go out to the Whitings League, you you have white leg side wides and stuff like that. But in, in senior league and, and junior league, you don't. But I just think as a step up, maybe divisions one and two uh, in the senior league should have leg side wides, maybe not three and maybe not the junior leagues. But it's it causes more arguments over the years than I've ever known. That, oh, that was a leg. That was all that. And it just cuts them all out. You might have to bowl a few extra balls at the end of the day. But if you're bowling 20 balls down leg side, then you should be punished Uh in senior league cricket because it is quite a good standard so that's that's sort of a, a serious point so, so just to clarify at the minute in the league you play in are you the senior league yeah. so obviously senior one two and three you're in senior two are leg side two. wide's a thing uh well it's it's down to the captain's discretions or if we have an umpire we leave it to them but i always say for the game do you want to play leg side wide some say yes some say no but more often than uh, not under this more often than not, we have this year. I think we've played leg side wides in it every game except one, uh, and that's in Wednesdays as well. Obviously, Wednesday nights, which is the uh, Haverhill Midweek League, and, and we're in Division One, and we always play leg side wides. That. So we're quite used to it, and we 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 know what it's about. But you do get the odd person that like, <laughs> oh, we shouldn't be playing leg side wides. That's rubbish, and it's not proper. But you know, it, it does cause arguments. 
at the end of the game when it gets tight and you, you bowl one down just outside, always gone down the leg side, it gives a wide. And, well, we didn't give that, they did that. And it does cause a few, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A few bits of chit chat. And there's always the chat around if you're, if your um, um, umpires are out second and then you can you know, control the game because everyone's been leaning to start with and then you can be as harsh as you want. Nathan, as a batsman, I imagine yeah. you're not going to really say too much different are you than, uh, than what Gary has no keep it leg side wide I can't hit anything <laughs> down the leg side although I suspect to be honest with you I wonder if there's like a generational gap between those who are pro it and those who are against it because I suspect it's quite an old fashioned thing isn't it to, to have the not not mm. leg side wides because I've, I've grown up with it all the time and that's to be honest with you, that's probably why I can't hit it down the leg side just because every time it goes <laughs> down there you just, you just don't go anywhere near it yeah yeah, yeah it's interesting I mean I, I'm purely just to provide playing devil's advocate I'm just thinking maybe if you're in a situation where you're having to blood a number of younger players in into the A team in senior cricket then it might be a bit harsh you know they, they could be sat there forever and, and bowl legs forward. but equally I guess you, you come back to the argument that it's senior cricket anyway and and A they need to learn at some point but B also if you're playing that level um, there needs to be that I get restrictions restrictions on it I guess Gary Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, you're, you're only got five leagues off e, the EPL. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. You know, it, it's not as if you're down in the depths of junior league and you're Careful. 10, 15 leagues below. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I've I've seen I've seen both sides of the argument, and we we played Saturday against Buntingford, and we had a great game, and we played leg side wides. I think we bowled twelve, uh, and they bowled thirty-five, forty, something like that. Uh, but it's like I said, it's you've got a few youngsters, and they got. But it's it stops any argument. All arguments are gone. You can't. It's gone down the leg side. It's a wide. It's as simple as that. Unless it, it's a it's a serious point to a point, but it makes it makes it so much easier. It causes less arguments. Uh, and if it was easy to hit a ball down the leg side, they wouldn't have it in international cricket. Yeah, and and, and people may be listening, thinking, well, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, have many wides. There were in, in your game, Gary. That might sound a lot, but just for to provide again clarity and balance in the top division of the Camden Hunts Premier League in Div One, there were forty-six wides in uh, in Ramsey's innings, but are uh, you then bowling against Cambridge St Giles on on the weekend, and in return sixteen yeah. wides from Cambridge St Giles. So it's it's clearly something that it goes right to the, the the top of the game as well. Just to finish then, Gary, what was your... We've got two minutes left and probably about 30 seconds from you, I'm afraid, but what was your second All question? Right. I, just if you had any nicknames, uh, we we have, we have a lot of nicknames in our club. <laughs> we've got a, a, a thimble, a tripod, uh, Homer Simpson. I'm Captain Caveman because I argued with you. I didn't wonder if you, uh, you got any uh, nicknames for yourself. Come on, Nathan. There must be a few in the uni side. Yeah, my favourite. There's a guy who looks like... Do you, ever, do you remember The Incredibles? The, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the young guy at the beginning of the movie who tries to follow him around. They call him Buddy. So oh, right. we've got somebody who looks like him, so we call, <laughs> we, we call him that. What about you? Have you heard, what, what people nicknamed you? Oh, my name just gets shortened. Classic, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Na- Nath? Yeah, exactly. Nath, yeah. Nothing, nothing too special, sadly. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine you can probably guess what... I've been called Gary in the past with a surname of Slack. Uh, it's nothing, no, too, it's nothing too complicated. It really isn't. It's just stick a Y on the end, Gary. That's all it is. Slack, slacky. There you go, yeah. Gary, thanks so much yeah, for joining us. Really, really appreciate no, it. No problem. Nice to teach you. Thanks, Ollie. Steve Ross has been in touch on Twitter as well to chip in with the debate. Gary Ellis's big question was, should legside wide count in the Camden 
Premier League senior cricket and Steve says why wouldn't they? It would make it a unique limited overs league to play in, would confuse players who very rarely understand laws or regulations anyway and would potentially lead to tactical leg side bowling which is negative in its intent. Exactly some of the points we made there Steve in the debate and it does appear that uh, most people, in fact pretty much almost everyone, is in agreement with you anyway. 100% of the votes agree that leg side wides should count in Cams and Hunt's Premier League senior cricket. Keep debating it and get in touch at FTP Cricket 105. We're on Twitter and Facebook. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. <laughs> Gary Ellis from Horsey Fair. Nice to have a slightly more... Uh, Lay back, should we say, question at the end there, rather than some of the more intense debates we've had over the last week's hey, Nathan. Yeah, well, I'm glad he, we went with the first one, not the second one, because if we just went for the second question, what's your nickname? <laughs> we'll be in a very short segment. Exactly. We might have had to even start talking about the test match, which we didn't want to do. No, uh, God help that. Yeah, T20 Blast action tonight. If you want to catch some cricket, you can do. Me and Nathan will be back, or Nathan and I will be back, next Tuesday at 6 o'clock here on Cambridge 105 Radio, every Tuesday at 6 throughout the summer until the end of September. Thanks once again for listening and all of your votes on the poll on Twitter at FTP Cricket, both on Twitter and Facebook, if you want to give us a follow on social media. Until next week, stay safe and well, and make sure you tune in again. Bye-bye.